Howdy everyone, it's Finch here, and I wanted to preface this episode with a few quick announcements and housekeeping things. It's been a long while since I did a coffee shop chat. We actually recorded this episode back in July, in a different location than I live in now and on a totally different microphone. Uh, So there are a lot of issues with the sound quality and with background noise I was unable to remove during editing. There was actually a broken fan in the room when I was recording, and I had no idea until after the fact. So I really apologize um, for that, but the noise does get better a few minutes into the episode, and going forward, the recordings since have been much smoother. And I know these interviews were intended to be done monthly, but between being a full-time college student and some other projects like running the book club, um, unfortunately, coffee shop falls to the wayside far more often than I would like it to. Uh, So just please be patient with delays. Um, But I do have two interviews I'm currently in the midst of editing. Spoiler alert, the first is with the Gastronaut team, and one I just recorded this weekend is with the crew of Ink the Podcast. They were both great, fun, excellent guests, and I'm really excited for y'all to hear them. Uh, they've gotten, they've also gotten much longer in terms of, of the runtime. I think for both of these last two episodes, um, the runtime is over two and a half hours, so something to, something to look forward to, alongside everything that's always going over in the book club. Um, we just finished listening to season one of Hello from the Hollow Woods. I'm one of the moderators from that show. And if you're not familiar with the book club at all, we'd love to have you join us. We listen to fiction podcasts and actual plays together alongside some other fun events. Here pretty soon, I'm actually going to be running a uh, one-shot set in the old Gods of Appalachia tabletop role-playing game universe. I'm really excited for that one. And we've also got some other uh, secret projects that Mods and I have been working on behind the scenes. Thanks for being here, enjoy the episode, and as always, happy listening! Welcome to Coffee Shop Chats, the podcast where I sit down with other podcasters to talk about their shows. Coffee Shop Chats is a project of the Podcast Book Club Discord server, with the questions asked in every episode sent in by members of the server. Today I'm here with Marissa Ewing. If you'd like to go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure, yeah. My name is Marissa Ewing. I use she, they pronouns. Um, I'm the owner of Hemlock Creek Productions, which is a boutique audio post-production studio in Chicago. Um, I work on editing mostly podcasts, but also films and video games. And I'm also the creator of the supernatural horror podcast, Liars and Leeches. Very cool. Very exciting. Um, So we have a very nice list of questions here today. Um, And we're just going to jump right into it, into what was your entry into the podcasting world? Yeah, so I saw this question. I have two answers because technically one is not a podcast, but also kind of is. Have you ever listened to Cabin Pressure on BBC? I haven't, no. Okay, it is a it's a radio play about not very competent uh airline crew members, I guess. Um there's only four of them, but it's them trying to maintain their airline business. There's only one plane in the whole fleet and there's only four of them. (laughs) And it's kind of like a workplace um, comedy, but it was on the BBC. So I think that was like the first radio play that I've listened to, but I think 
I'm pretty sure the first podcast I actually listened to was um, Welcome to Night Vale. Right. And then if that question is referring to like my entry into editing, uh, the first podcast I worked on was Dark Dice. Very cool. Um, kind of a similar tangent here. How many podcasts have you worked on to date? Honestly, I'm not quite sure the exact number. I tried to do a count and I think it's 28 and then that I've done for other clients. And then Liars and Leeches is the first podcast that like I've created from the beginning. How long have you been working on podcasts, making your own podcast? Um, In terms of editing, I think I started on Dark Dice in 20 either 18 or 19 and then liars and leeches only came out this year it started in april but i started working on it in 2021 covid project huh um a little bit i think i've been kind of wanting to try my hand at creating from the beginning instead of uh just you know kind of coming in on the tail end of things but um, I think that definitely working on other productions during COVID made me realize that it was possible to do yeah. that without, you know, being near a studio or anything like that. Um, what was the most unique or challenging audio project you've worked on? Um, I am a little bit torn on this answer. I think it was either either Liars and Leeches or Dark Dice. Um both of them have had pretty intense fight scenes. I would say that Liars and Leeches probably had the most involved in terms of sound effects, but with Dark Dice, they record their music live with like a full choir and orchestra. So trying to mix audio that has vocals in it underneath something as busy as a fight is um, tricky. So I would say that those are the two most technically challenging things that I think I've done. What is your favorite part of the podcast making process? I am a bit torn. Definitely in the editing process, I like dialogue editing the most. I know that people tend to think that that is one of the most boring bits, but I really like editing and um, arranging speeches, both cleaning them up and just like, you know, kind of adding my own personal spin on things, like adding pauses, extra breaths, sighs, things like that. I really enjoy. Um, But with working on Liars and Leeches, I realized that I also really like directing because I can control the type of dialogue (laughs) as it's coming in instead of just kind of being handed stuff and being like, okay, well, this is what we got. Here you go. So you get it from step one. Yeah. The combination of um, directing and dialogue editing together is like really fulfilling. But I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be dialogue editing. Right. Um, if you could describe your podcast in one sentence that contains the most what the fuck per syllable that you could fit in it, how would you describe it? Okay, I need to. <laughs> I know I wrote this down somewhere. It's like what a question. A super run-on answer. Okay, here we go. So, for context, Liars and Leeches is a horror podcast. Um, but Liars and Leeches is a show exploring anxiety, grief, and terror as not only emotions to be healed, but as a beacon calling to something hungry, something ravenous, something that wants to devour every last scrap of you and leave you as a husk on the ground. So a lot of 
commas and dashes <laughs> in there, but that is one sentence. One sentence. There you go. Even if it's a one sentence, you know, it still yeah, counts. it's fine. Okay, and now we have all of the very insightful, lengthy questions that are like 10 questions. In Excellent. Time. So what would you say to yourself at the start of your career if you could send a letter back in time? What would you say to others at the same stage now? And how has the industry changed since you got started from your perspective? Okay, so I think if I could go back in time and talk to myself, I think I would tell myself to take more breaks. Mm -hmm. I think I definitely burnt myself out pretty fast. Um, and I think I would tell myself that like, you're not running out of time. I think I got some great experiences from all that I was doing, but like working like 12 to 14 hour days is just like <laughs> not, not sustainable. sustainable. So I'd tell myself to like calm down a little bit. Um, I would say probably the same to other people that are kind of in this same spot. Cause I think especially, you know, I started, working in podcasts pretty much right after I graduated college and was just like, you know, you're kind of starting to pay your loans and also having to pay rent and, you know, probably have a day job and doing editing. And I think that um, like making sure you take breaks, even though it's great to be working in this industry is super important because if you burn yourself out, you're not going to have like that right. passion anymore. It's, it's going to take a lot of work to get back. Um. And then what was the last part of the question? Uh, how has the industry changed since you got started from your perspective? Um, I think I would say remote work has definitely become more prevalent um, because I remember when I started my business with uh, pretty wild timing in January 2020, I was like, no one really does remote audio work, and I think that, that would be a great business to start. Uh, now there's, you know, there's a fair amount of people that are doing remote recording and remote editing. So I think seeing that in more professional industries is definitely a big change. Um, you know, seeing some of the bigger studios starting to do that too, um, and bringing in talent from you know, all over right. the world instead of just like LA, uh, New York, and sometimes Nashville or Chicago. Um, so I think that was one of the biggest changes. And then also seeing audio drama become a more respected medium um, professionally, because like, I would say pre like 2018-ish, um, it was definitely seen as like, more niche, not as many listeners, things like that. So I would say um, if I was doing the same job like five years ago, I, I was, but I was doing a lot more film editing than I was with podcasts. Is there something you've been dying to say to another member of the podcasting community? Any burning questions about someone else's process or statements of admiration you'd love to express? Yeah, I would be really interested in um, talking to Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner. Um, right. I'm curious a lot about different aspects of Welcome to Night Vale, but I'd be curious to see what their writing process looks like because, you know, pretty much in every episode is introducing something new, but also the fact that they're able to maintain these cohesive stories over you know, the course of a couple years yeah. or longer, depending on Over the plot. Um, decade. Just really, yeah, because I'm like, <laughs> just working on Liars and Leeches was only 
you know, 10 episodes, you know, they came out once a week, we recorded them pretty much all at once. Like, I didn't have to keep all of that straight. So like, the fact that they're creating so much, I guess the best word would be like, lore for their universe. um, And having to like, keep those storylines straight over multiple years is like, really impressive. So I'd be curious to talk to them about it. And also, you know, just hear them talk about their show. Because even beyond their show, they seem to do so much between, like, all of the novels and everything that go along with it, too. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're about to go on tour, yeah. too. And I'm like, how how do y'all sleep? And also, how do you keep even the podcast straight? And, like, let alone all the novels, all the, you know, everything that they're doing. So, yeah, I'd want to talk to them. A lot of podcasts are pure passion projects with very little to no funds to hire people. What are your thoughts on those sorts of podcasts trying to shoot their shot to get guests, even if they can't pay them? Yeah, I really like this question a lot because I think in a lot of entertainment, whether it's, you know, films, video games, podcasts, whatever, you have to start somewhere. And, you know, when you create your first podcast or first video game, you know, it's not going to be this like overnight immediate sensation without practice. So I think that making unpaid things together with other people is totally fine. I think where it becomes an issue is if you're, it's not just a passion project, but you're planning on monetizing it and you're not offering that back to the people that are included. Cause you know, in, in gaming, it's pretty common for people to do game jams where they just come together for, you know, a day, a weekend, you know, some of the bigger ones are maybe a month and just make a game with people for practice and put it out there. But if you were to go on and sell it later, then that would be a different conversation. And I think podcasts are similar where um, if you're fully upfront about the fact that, like, I'm not paying myself, I'm not able to pay you. I think that's okay. But just once you're making money, you have to share the money at some point. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's kind of a shit thing to do to just, like, take people's (laughs) talent and then not pay them for it when you're paying yourself. So, yeah, I think that's a great answer. Indie podcasting is a community that abounds with representation that's fairly easy for audiences to find and access. There's a lot of conversation on how writing affects that, but after working on such a wide variety of projects, do you have any thoughts on how editing adds to that conversation, both in and out of fiction? Yeah, I think that editing definitely contributes to that. I think it's really important to preserve people's authentic voices, especially in nonfiction. Um, I do a lot of work on like interviews and news shows as well. Um, And I think trying to preserve how people talk, how they uh, present their ideas is really important. A lot of interview shows will sometimes cut out a lot of what they have to say or, you know, just like really shorten things down. I think that leaving the interview as intact as possible is like pretty important. Right. Um, but I, I personally think that editing is definitely a big part, but I would say that casting is actually probably the hugest, um, in terms of diversity in this industry. Um, whether that's, you know, casting gender neutral characters or, you know, things like that. I think it's just really important to preserve that. And a lot of that happens even before the writing happens as well. So now we have some sound design specific questions. Um, What's your favorite thing to sound design? Um, For me personally, I do think that creature design is pretty fun. Um, Trying to make a creature from scratch and recording things for it. 
I think my personal specialization, though, is actually like very quiet, intense moments um, that are grounded in reality. So, you know, um, editing like breathing, whispers, um, you know, making sounds around you sound a lot louder, like ticking clocks, things like that. Um, I really love editing like those particular moments. It's usually in horror, but I've done some sci-fi and things like that too. And um, just really love editing quiet and stressful moments. The ambiance is very important. Yes, yes. Could you give us a brief summary of your process for sound designing? Which is not really a brief question, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think about how to not turn this into like a full lecture. <laughs> I would say, basically what I start with is considering both the genre of the podcast and how the listener is supposed to be feeling. So a horror comedy about, I don't know, someone breaking into your house versus like an actual pure horror situation about someone breaking into your house would have two incredibly different sounds. They'd have different music, things like that. So um, I would definitely need to consider how not only the characters are feeling, but how I want the listeners to be feeling. And then at that point, I usually break the scripts apart, make a ton of notes about um, tone, again, like how I want people to feel. Um, It's usually, it can depend, but usually like 10, 15 pages of notes. And then I take those notes and I go through, I I do a mix between either recording sound effects or making, um, either making them from sound libraries or just using sound libraries. So I try to narrow down sounds that were easiest to find first. So that's like doors opening or certain types of cars, things like that. Um, Then eventually I'll get to the harder things, which I might adjust sounds from sound libraries. And then when I get to really hard things like creature designs or certain footsteps for certain characters, things like that, I'll record them myself. Um, So that's most of my process. But honestly, I would say like 60% of it is in the script analyzing and trying to just figure out um, what tone I want to convey before I even get to recording or editing. Have you ever lost the audio to an entire recording session? I've been there when it's happened. It's not been because of anything I've done, thankfully. Um, But fortunately, in those cases, most of them have been in like professional, uh, professional news, like either, you know, Boston Globe or Vox, things like that. Right. Um, in those cases, a lot of the time they're doing backup recordings. So even if you lose your main one, there's like a less good but still usable version <laughs> through Zoom or things like that. So uh, I think in every case that that has happened, there's been a backup that I can use. But it's only happened like three yeah. or four times. <laughs> I'm sure otherwise, like if you ever get in a situation where you just have to re-record everything. I... <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> that would be so frustrating. I can't imagine. Um, how do you handle deadlines and energy levels to get editing done? I think it's a relatively new development to be able to hand them better than I was before. Before was definitely 
very procrastination heavy and then doing them all pretty quickly. Um, I think I was just trying to do more than I could. Um, now definitely breaking things into smaller chunks throughout the day. Um, making sure to take lots of breaks, going on walks, things like that, um, is really important because I think also something that I've noticed is that, um, giving my ears a break too seems to help a lot. So I usually only edit for between 30 and 60 minutes at a time and then we'll like get up and do something else. Um, and that's, I, I think I've heard it described as listener fatigue. Um, yeah. and it's, it, I've definitely reduced that a lot by breaking things up throughout the day instead of just sitting and be like, I'm going to edit for four hours straight and it's going to be fine. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's just as like a consequence of that. I feel like my energy has definitely right. improved by editing that way. Uh, so related question, what do you do to mitigate burnout and stress? Yeah, I think that's the, probably the biggest thing is just taking breaks throughout the day. Um, trying to avoid working nights, things like that. Um, I've also been trying to get into more hobbies that, you know, they might include sound, but, you know, um, just giving my ears a break, um, you know, instead of playing using headphones when I play video games, um, just using like my speakers, things like that. And then trying to get more hobbies that don't involve sound so I can give myself a bit of a break. So for me personally, Unfortunately, I really like playing Magic the Gathering. That's one of them. <laughs> and I have gotten very into reading comics and graphic novels. So yeah. um, I think if someone is in that kind of like feeling burnout phase in terms of working in audio, having hobbies where you don't have to listen to things is actually really helpful. Not having to listen to things and not having to stare at a screen for hours on end. It's probably also. Yeah. Yeah. Going outside <laughs> and touching grass. <laughs> Um, okay, so now we have some silly, random, off-the-wall questions. Well, this one's not off-the-wall, but um, what is one of your favorite pieces of comfort media? Or if you have multiple. This is... <laughs> I, I've been trying to think of answers to this one, and trying to pick one has been so hard. If I was forced to pick one type of comfort media, or just one single one i think i've gotta go with red dead redemption 2 yeah um just meandering around and not really <laughs> having goals sometimes and just you know exploring i think i i really like open world yeah. games and just kind of being able to like shut your brain off and not have to do like really intense quests sometimes uh sometimes you just run around and <laughs> pick flowers and that's totally fine um what are some others I tend to like horror a lot. Like I feel like it's very cathartic. So most of my other favorite medias, even though the content is not comforting, <laughs> it feels comforting in a way of like, that's not happening right. to me. And I'm glad about that. So um, I would say Hannibal is definitely up there for sure. Midnight Mass. What are some others? Yeah, I don't know. Just lots of different horror media. But I yeah. think if I had to pick one that, made me feel comfy and also wasn't terrifying, it would be Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> a good choice. I appreciate that that was a yeah. hard question versus like, 
the super in-depth questions about like the podcasting yeah yeah, sound design is fun but having to pick a (laughs) a single media uh thing i like it's hard what's your favorite type of character and we can break that down into like characters like you like to write or just characters that you like to see in a media Ooh, okay so i i thought about this question more in terms of ones that I like to see in media, I really like characters that are like morally gray, especially if they started out as like a, I don't know, as like one extreme. So they're either yeah. like a villain that's had a redemption arc, um, even past morally gray, like your, you know, Zuko yeah. and <laughs> The Last Airbender, for example. But I also really like characters that start out as good or mostly good and then just kind of progressively become pieces of shit over time so like you know your will grams or or, uh eve from killing eve um who else even in jessica jones um trish i think is a good example too so i really like characters that like their goals and ambitions and even how they see the world change during the course of the story i think it makes them feel more like actual people instead of just a character you know if you have one that's totally one extreme that's just not how people are yeah especially when they go through you know you need conflict for interesting storytelling and then going through all this conflict and being exactly the same at the end is kind of boring (laughs) so yeah i like characters like that um for ones that i like to write i really like writing villains i like writing villains a lot um i think or maybe not necessarily villains, but antagonists. Um, I think that they can be incredibly compelling. And sometimes it's just fun to write a character that's a complete piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think that's my answer. That's a good answer. A very good answer. What's your zodiac sign? I have no clue about the sun and moon parts. But in terms <laughs> of, I guess, the, the main one i don't really know how zodiacs work but i know i'm a leo yeah i have no idea how they work good for people that do but not me yeah i don't i don't know what that says about i think leos are supposed to be like kind of attention liking i always forget but i think they're supposed to be like standoffish maybe i (laughs) i can never remember (laughs) Um, oh, it's the question. Um, the gayest weapon Excellent. question, but I've expanded it into our original. What is your favorite weapon and what is the gayest weapon? Ooh, my favorite weapon. Hmm. I, I guess I, for personal, I think I would pick a bow and arrow actually. Um, cause I, I really enjoy archery yeah. actually. Um, so I think that's probably my favorite just because that's one that I like would regularly use. Um, in terms of the gayest weapon, I know you said sword was a previous answer yes. and I had been considering that. <laughs> um, I like our flag means death a lot. So like, I feel like it would be a good answer. However, I think I'm going to change it slightly and go with a dagger instead. Um, just because like, Anytime you're fighting with a dagger, it's a lot closer. It's a lot more, you know, intimate, I guess. So I feel like 
with a dagger fight versus a sword fight, there's like a lot more opportunities for gayness. It's funny that you said that because that was my exact answer and my exact reasoning for why. So, I mean, clearly that's just objectively correct. We're like two for two on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's (laughs) the objective correct answer. Case closed. (laughs) Everybody else is just wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then we have our Liars and Leeches specific question. Um, If the characters from Liars and Leeches had the luxury, hypothetically put them in that space, would they play Minecraft and who does what in Minecraft? Okay, yes, I love (laughs) this question. It's so random, but so good. So I had to take some notes. There are a lot of characters in Liars and Leeches, so I did with kind of the main, like, core cast, I guess. So the main character of Liars and Leeches is Tanya. I feel like she would just be, like, kind of playing the base game, like, just kind of, like, you know, building houses here and there, exploring. Uh, Might try and, like, actually finish the game, but it would be, like, very at her own pace, (laughs) like, pretty chill, just having a good time. Natalie, I think she's very, like, kind of, like, analytical and kind of, like, tries to do the most sometimes, like, very passionate. So I feel like she'd have, like, five tabs open. They all have different, like, Minecraft building tutorials. She'd be building, like, elaborate mechanics and machines. She'd play for, like, six hours a day and then, like, forget that it exists and then just, like, cycle back and (laughs) forth between those two modes. Um, The antagonist of the series is just called The Man, I think that he would only play on servers and he would just sneak mobs into your house when you aren't paying attention. Um, just leave them there for you. Uh, not say anything and just leave. <laughs> um, Sean is a bit of a cowardly but loyal character. So I think he'd play peaceful mode only unless he's with his partner Vix. Completely, like, sleeping through the nights or staying inside. He would make Vix explore any caves. Uh, He'd have iron golems around his base, and he'd make, like, aesthetically pleasing buildings and post them on Reddit. Um, (laughs) And then I think his partner Vix would play with him, and she would like all of his posts on Reddit. (laughs) And then there are two other characters named Victoria and Frank, and I think neither of them would quite understand what Minecraft is, but they would really happily listen to you talk about it and support you and tell that you that your what you created was pretty that's so valid does this make minecraft canon to the liars and leeches universe i think so yeah the it's <laughs> mostly similar to ours so right. i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if minecraft was a, a regular thing in All there the characters just have a little server <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that actually brings us to the end of our question list. Um, Perfect. If you have anything to add, you're welcome to add. Mm, I don't think I have anything else I want to add about myself, but I appreciate that people took the time to ask these questions. I think this was a lot of fun, and um, I just like the uh, variation between all of them. So thank you for anyone that's sending questions. Thank you for coming and answering them, even if a little some of them were a little bit chaotic. But <laughs> Alrighty, so if you want to just plug any of your socials, plug all of your shows. Okay, um, yeah, so I would say um, 
definitely check out Liars and Leeches if you're into supernatural horror. Um, The first season's relatively short and only takes about four hours to get through. Um, So I'd recommend that. And then my production company has produced, or not produced, has worked on a fair amount of other shows for different clients. Um, If you like horror, Dark Dice is a horror actual play. Um, Dark Sanctum is very similar to The Twilight Zone. Um, trying to think of other horror shows that I've worked on. A little bit on the White Vault, a little bit on the Magnus Archives. Um, and then in terms of other types of shows, I work on a lot of actual plays, so I'd recommend checking out Transplanner. It's an all-trans-led, um, uh, I think they use Pathfinder, Pathfinder actual play. Um, yeah, I think that's most of the ones that I'm actively working on now. Alrighty, well... Thank you so much for coming once again. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Of course. Coffee Shop Chats is a production of the Podcast Book Club Discord server, and once again, all the questions in every episode are sent in by members of the server. If you'd like to find out more about the book club, you can find us over on Tumblr at podcast-bookclub, and there is a link to the Discord over there. I have also opened a Ko-fi if you would like to support us financially um, to afford hosting fees for the show and things like that. You can find that over at ko-fi.com slash podcast book club, all one word. Is it Kofi or Kofi? <laughs> the music used in this episode was A Quiet Morning Over Coffee by Brentwood. And thank you so much once again to Marissa Ewing for joining us. Be sure to check out their podcast, Liars and Leeches, wherever you get your podcasts. Happy listening.